0: I'm Jessica Sands, and this is Home and Away, the baseball podcast that dives deep into the teams, fans, caps, and snacks of some of the most fascinating organizations from around the minor and independent leagues. our separate apartments
1: <laughs> over over the old conferencing software we're coming to you with the third and final episode of season two of home and away um kind of a interesting time to be doing a baseball podcast so to speak
0: <laughs> yeah well we thought we'd uh give you a little bit of baseball content to tie you through
1: Let's go back into the past, into summer 2019, when you could go outside and you could hug your friends and go to live baseball games. And that's what you did in Nevada.
0: I did. So I started a tour in Reno and the Aces happened to be in town. So it worked out perfectly. And a friend of mine who I had met through the touring circles, had recently moved back to Reno, her hometown. The stars aligned, and we were able to go to a game.
1: Absolutely, and that is uh, Tiana Robertson that you went with.
0: Fun fact: she is the one who actually designed our logo. The home and away sort of baseball throwback sports font um all hand lettered by her so it was awesome to have her on the show to talk about her hometown team
2: my name is tiana robertson and i work in reporting for some
0: sciencey stuff and i live in reno nevada so tia designed our fabulous logo I forgot to bring you a shirt, I'm sorry. (laughs) And we are here in Reno on a variety of promo nights. We have Thirsty Thursday $2 beers. It's Pride Night. It is, they're playing as the Corazones. I'm butchering this pronunciation. So we're gonna head to, I think get a $2 beer and go from there, maybe visit the team shop, you can Help me pick out a hat.
2: I own no Aces swag, so I think it's about time I get something. So, Ace,
0: we are at the Greater Nevada Field. The Reno Aces are the Arizona Diamondbacks AAA, and they are playing the Sacramento River Cats uh, in the San Francisco Giants organization. All right, I think we found the $2 beers.
2: I don't beer often, but when I do... $2 is a good way to do it.
0: So we are here on Thirsty Thursday, Pride Night, and the team is playing as Los Corazones, which is a chili pepper.
2: What does it represent?
0: (gasps) Family, food, and baseball.
2: That's right. (laughs) Let's do that. here. Do you want me to carry one? I like the look, the double fisting look I have going on.
0: You're committing to the $2 Thirsty Thursday. I like that.
2: I look like I know what I'm doing.
0: And you're wearing a mustard colored shirt. so. I know. And it has the baseball stripe kind of vibe going on on yeah. the arms. Excellent. So I see people with pride, umbrellas and trans flags and... I had no idea it was Pride Night. I just saw it earlier today, but that is exciting, so I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of things they do in the game to support this night.
1: What was it like being at that stadium in Reno? I am picturing harsh desert climate.
0: Yes, it was very hot, so I actually requested tickets in the shade and tried to stay out of the sun. I don't know how these guys play a bunch of games in that heat, but I guess you get used to it. Beautiful park. Um, the Aces are the AAA affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks, so very nice facilities.
1: But you got, you got lawn seating.
0: No, we bought seats, but we sat in the lawn for a bit yeah so they had a walk around concourse and a burn or a lawn and I always anytime a team has that sort of chill zone I like to just take in a couple innings out there because it's a nice atmosphere it tends to be a lot of kids around so depending on what you want to get up to at the game maybe not the best spot for some rowdy use, but we were very well behaved
1: it was, it was Thirsty Thursday.
0: So we went on, like, the trifecta of promo days. Oh, it,
1: was right, thirst, yeah.
0: it was Thirsty Thursday, $2 beer night, Pride night, and they were playing as Lost Corazones. So there was no shortage of activity happening. It was a little too much, actually. I, I wondered why they crammed, like, three promotions into one, but
1: did they we had do, a good time. Did they do an adequate job of each promotion? Like, did they, I don't know, did they have Pride-specific promotion? Did they have uh, emphasis on the, the branding while also constantly slinging the brews?
0: I guess so. Um, they had, one thing I really liked about how the Aces did Pride Night was they had tables with various interested parties around the concourse so you could get more information about their causes and their positions, which was really nice because a lot of times teams will do a pride night and they'll just kind of throw rainbows everywhere. So it was nice to have some of the stakeholders of that community represented. And if you wanted to get more information, you could speak to them. And we actually spoke to a couple of them. They were super nice. Hi. Good. Can I take your picture?
3: Sure,
0: yeah. One, two, three. Nice. Tell me about your campaign. I'm from Canada, so I don't know oh, if nice. I can
1: well, would you fill like, this out.
0: Yeah, the yeah so race. please take
1: stickers and get souvenirs. Yeah, yeah so uh, I The, the Human sticker. Rights Campaign, we're the nation's largest LGBTQ civil rights for the United States.
0: Oh great. Yeah, so okay. we do a lot of
1: political work. Uh, you know, working to elect pro-quality candidates and you know, pass bills out of protect our community. Awesome.
0: Would you Thank also you. like to take a self a photo with our with our team mascot? Um, Are <laughs> pet rock? Yeah? Yes. Love that. Thank you. And, it could be a... <laughs> Thank and
2: if be And take you. a picture
0: of the back you can track track our travels around oh, Nevada. Yes, I will. Yeah. What brings you guys to uh Reno, from Canada? She's from Reno. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, here with a band that's playing somewhere. We have a day off today. Nice. I am. Thank you, you're doing great work. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Well you can make a um, a bracelet.
2: Mm-hmm stuff
0: going
1: on here now uh we're actually going to kind of break format for a second here because uh you you did a couple of interviews um for this episode and one of them was with one of the people who tends to the actual field and i feel like this is a good time to maybe pitch that interview a little bit
0: yeah so this was pre-game obviously um her name is leah withrow When we interviewed her last year, she was the field operations assistant. And she's actually been promoted for the 2020 season to the manager of grounds operations. So good for you, Leah. And she was really awesome and gave us a lot of insight into turf management. I had no idea it was so scientific and specific. She has a degree in turf management specifically for sports fields. So it was really interesting to hear a little bit about the science and technology that comes behind these beautiful fields that we all know and love. Uh, My name is Leah Withrow
3: and I'm the field operations assistant.
0: And what is your personal history with sports?
3: So grew up playing soccer, mostly. My hand-eye coordination is not the best. So anything with your feet as a dancer, as a cheerleader love to go to games I love to be a part of the game and so I've kind of always considered a career in sports and uh, when I heard about sports turf management and the opportunity to work outside all the time and be involved with sports I was interested.
0: Yeah I was gonna ask uh, what sort of education and training because I feel like a lot of people don't realize how much knowledge and science and is involved?
3: Oh there's a lot more than you think so I have a bachelor's of science in sports turf management as well as my boss and the other assistant here at the Aces. We all have degrees in turf management. It's a lot of soil science classes and fertility and fertilizers and learning how to manage the weather and all kinds of different things. So yeah, definitely a science behind
0: it. So what does your average game day look like? I know it probably changes depending on the weather but General
3: so depending on their batting practice schedule probably get in about nine or ten We mow every single day because we put on a ton of fertilizers and stuff So it's constantly growing so yes, we do mow every single day Um, Then we will groom the infield skin to make sure everything's level water it really well so it's soft for when the players take uh, ground balls and then uh, by that time, it's time for batting practice. We pull all the batting practice stuff out and then we get a little break for a second. And then it's getting, we have about an hour to prep everything for game time, which means chalking the lines, prepping the mound and plate, painting the boxes, watering the infield skin again to make sure it's soft, and then watching the game and watching all your work that you just put in since 9 a.m. come to life. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, so not only does it have to look good, but it can really impact the play. That's a lot of pressure.
3: Oh, yeah. Every play that goes awry is a gut punch because you never know if it's – it could just be a player error, but it could also be a field error, and if it is, that's on us. That's something that we did earlier that day that could have been prevented and – the next day, we definitely make sure to fix that area and so it does not happen again because that can be the most nerve-wracking thing is when you're sitting in the dugout and all the players look at you because that ball just made a bad hop, and you're like,
0: uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so they also do soccer here, so that must be a big uh, transition from one to the next. Does that happen overnight? Or?
3: Um, so... Some depends on our timeline. Sometimes we have to do it overnight. Sometimes we have a four-day span. Sometimes we have a seven-day span. Uh, Basically, what will happen is right after whatever baseball game, we'll tear out six inches off of the infield edge, two inches deep, so that when we lay the sod, it lays even with the infield and the outfield. Uh, Then we lay sod, basically trying to make sure it's as flat and as playable and safe as possible. Then we play a soccer game on it, paint the lines, all the all the things. And that night, normally right after a soccer game, we'll cut it up and toss it. So every game is a new fresh layer of sod for the soccer players.
0: Wow. So what are your personal goals? MLB, is that uh, in your future?
3: Uh, yes, I hope so. I have interned for the Milwaukee Brewers before this, and I really liked the attention to detail and the size of the staff and just the environment that the MLB brings to your job, it escalates everything that you that I'm already doing, and so I really do hope to get back because I did enjoy it a lot, but just like the players, sometimes you got to go down to go up, so I'll probably hopefully get a head job and be a female head groundskeeper for a double A or single A team before I can go back up.
0: So I believe you're the first full-time groundskeeper employee in the minors, is that
3: true? Uh, I'm the only full-time female groundskeeper in Triple-A baseball.
0: So what sort of challenges do you face with that? We, uh, we profiled Amanda Lee, who's a head athletic trainer, and she was saying there's no bathroom, so she has to run up to the concourse. Do you see any similar problems in your day-to-day? I do share a bathroom with all
3: boys, which has its challenges. <laughs> but other than that, I've never felt different here. I've never been pointed out to be any different here I don't think. I keep up with my male counterparts as best as I can and my bosses never said anything and the players have never said anything. My work pretty much speaks for itself so regardless of female or male as long as the field looks good I don't think anybody really cares.
0: Well I'm sure there's some girls that see you out there and think hey I didn't even know that was a job I could think of doing.
3: I really hope so. I hope there are young girls or girls in high school that are looking to go to college and are like, I really like sports and I see this girl out on the baseball field that's the only blonde ponytail out on the baseball field and I think I might be interested in if they are, to look into it because I want as many girls out here as possible. I don't want it to be a taboo. I don't want it to be a crazy idea that there's a female on the baseball field. Like Anybody could do it.
0: Yeah, I work in music, so it's a similar environment. Yeah, where you're like, there's no reason why there can't be equal numbers. or
3: There's no reason why. So if any little girl sees me out there and is excited and wants to try it, I say try it. And even if it's not groundskeeping, if it's marketing, if it's PR, if it's sales, whatever, if you want to be in sports, you should be in sports. Because Just because the men are playing it and there's a higher ratio of men to female in the front office, just do it. If you wanna do it, just do it.
1: I, when I was about, I think I was like 12, maybe even a little older, 13, my dad and I attended the fields um, for the provincial baseball tournament, like the AAA provincial baseball tournament for my brother's age in, in the community we grew up in. And we were up at like 5.30 every morning And it was like hot middle of August. And we were just like cutting this field and we were cutting the field every game and just like really tending to it. And that was so much fun. And honestly, anytime I drive past a baseball field now, I was like, man, I really should have just like pursued that as like my life passion.
0: I mean, that was the great, one of the great things about interviewing Leah is that it's a lot of, it's a career that a lot of people wouldn't think of, especially not, you know, young girls. They, I mean, I didn't even know turf management was a thing. I mean, obviously I would see grounds crew people out there, but I had no idea how scientific it was. So maybe someone will listen to this interview and start a career. Maybe that's going to be my new career. Who knows?
1: So before we actually talk about the merch because you did have a chance to go into the team store and do a little poking around uh, for the specialty merch that they had for this game. They were playing the Sacramento River Cats, who were also in on the same promotion and were wearing just truly outstanding uh, gear for their Dorados uniform. Can you talk a little bit about the promotion that, that you saw there?
0: Yeah, so it was a one of the, it was a game in the MiLB's Copa de la Diversion. I apologize to the Spanish speakers out there. I tried my best. Um and it's kind of an alternate team that a lot of the teams play under to embrace the culture and values that resonate with the teams local Hispanic and Latino communities. And so they often have a lot of fun music and dancers and the river cats, you said play as the Dol- Dorado's and you love the hat. You love the blue and the yellow.
1: Oh yeah. It's just, it's this black hat with just like this beautiful, like, I don't know what kind of color. I don't know what the color code for that blue is, but this like really bright uh, blue and yellow combination with the luchador mask. And is just truly mwah.
0: I'd say I'd have I would have to go with the uh, Dorados in that particular game. The Corazones, which is the Reno's identity, it's a chili pepper, what I understand. But the colors were green and red, so it kind of looked like a bit of a like fiery Christmas to me. But it was a lot of fun, and we got to see a lot of fun merch and there's a, there's a shirt that I've seen at a bunch of major league parks. It says beer period baseball period. And then it has the logo of whatever team it was. And so they had one that said Cerveza baseball, which was hilarious. So I I picked that up for a friend, but yeah. And they had like a green shirt with a sugar skull wearing the team hat. So not just for Latin and Hispanic fans, but I think anyone can appreciate the really cool artwork and different colors. Much more colorful than a lot of these teams have day to day, so it was it was a fun night to be at for sure. What's your go-to merch item? This that you guy look for right here. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, go-to merch what item? Mm, I mean, I think I like just a good t-shirt. You know, I feel like that's pretty standard. But I love hockey jerseys, you know, so anything that's kind of like a traditional jersey, sports jersey is always a fun, fun one.
0: Oh, I gotta get this, the, um, Team Sharpie.
2: You know, what I really like is a good functional home item.
0: Oh, like a barbecue flipper? Yeah, barbecue flipper.
2: Uh, A good uh, spatula or a bowl. I think that they would have a deck of playing cards because it is Reno. Oh. My family's a big car playing family, so that that would be a hot item. So this shirt here,
0: um, I have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I went to the Portland Sea Dogs game, it said beer baseball. So this one says cerveza baseball. Uh-huh.
2: It's a good one.
0: Like uh, among all
2: the shirts on the wall i like that one i'm digging this guy.
0: i know i was just, know, the, the ringer tee yeah, that's know, like so that. cute yeah, yeah. that might have yeah, to be my choice actually it's a good one there's the corazonas that jersey
2: that's that a classic What i really don't like is female cut tees
0: oh they're terrible they're real bad i know and they're they're often like sparkly or bedazzled
2: I'm surprised these ones are as subtle as they are.
0: Yeah, team colors. There's a yeah. few.
2: i are not too ultra feminine.
0: No, I made the mistake of buying a woman's cut, and
2: it's really terrible. There you go. Ooh, 90s, 90's night.
0: night. Okay, okay, Where does it say? That's very vague, though. Oh, Oh, yeah. okay,
2: there's aces in the. Here we go. Oh
0: yeah! See, here's the like English one. It says oh, beer oh. and baseball with the oh, logo. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah, see that one is
1: that one's funny. so much cooler. Maybe we
2: should just take the, the one on the wall.
1: It's a small, small. Tiana is looking for practical items, um which is not usually what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for coffee mugs. I'm looking for caps, shirts, jerseys, or jerseys.
0: Yeah. So. I always want a hat, so I like to wear a hat mostly of the home team. There are a few exceptions, like I'm a Jays fan, so if I'm at a Jays affiliate, I will wear their hat, even if they're the away team, but I always look for a hat. I lean towards more the dad, like relaxed style hat, adjustable style, because I like to put my ponytail through the hole. So I generally don't do fitted Though I do look for fitted caps for you, of course. And then I always look for a branded Sharpie, which I think I've mentioned before, but I have a large collection of branded Sharpies. So everyone who thought I wasn't cool in high school proved them wrong.
1: So with those, are they like the team's color codes?
0: No, most of the time they're like black or blue or silver, but mm. instead of Sharpie, they have the like team logo or font um and they're they're just cool i like sharpies <laughs> so i have a lot of those and then i if i'm doing an episode of the podcast i'll always look for a baseball because i had this idea of doing like having a display this is in my fantasy life when i have like a trophy or like sports room but having like a display of a ball from every episode but you know what the interesting thing about the to get back to the aces is their ball was black. Which oh. I still bought, but it it's really weird to me. You can't write on it, so I couldn't write the date that I was there, get it's it just, signed or anything. But
1: the silver pen you could and that would look sharp.
0: That's true. But sharpies don't really work on baseballs. A regular pet like ballpoint pen is the best.
1: Interesting. This is stuff I didn't know.
0: Yeah, and so, and then I do like a good t-shirt, however, I have so many t-shirts that unless I'm a huge fan of the logo or if they have like a funny one, um, I'll get them. I did buy a shirt from the Aces game. Uh, gifts, I'll look for t-shirts, I'll look for postcards. I so usually you, go, get it you, go,
1: you go all out, like you are a a full-on merch connoisseur.
0: Yes, I have the experience and a love of merch across several industries.
1: What What um, would you say were the, the weirdest piece of baseball merchandise you have ever purchased is?
0: That I've purchased? The weirdest one. Um, I have a hot dog hat, like a foam hat from the Savannah Bananas. Um, I'm pretty sure it's for kids because it's really small, but the hot dog only has ketchup on it, so point proven.
1: And I don't think there is a better way that for us to segue into uh, Snack Chat because this was truly a bonkers Snack Chat for Tiana, and I feel very sorry for her.
0: Looks like standard ballpark fare so far for Snack Chat. I doubt that
2: there is a mac and cheese item, but that's that's my mission in life, is to try
0: every mac and cheese I come in contact with. Amazing. Well, let's see. Cheeseburgers, hot dogs, nachos, pretty standard tap takeover. A torta.
2: Carne asada, torta.
0: The temperature's not that bad, actually.
1: Aces fans, would you please welcome tonight's umpires brought to you by Allegiant, the official airline. Do you usually of find pretty small, good veggie options? Fly to top um, it totally depends on the
0: region. Behind like, this evening, the, the more kind of, like, hipster early. cities will have better yeah. Options, yeah. Portland, yeah. options. Portland, Atlanta, Minneapolis, California, Vancouver. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point most teams have some veggie item, whether it be a veggie dog, a veggie burger, or pizza or something. But, I would think oh, here's you know would have a, veggie there's a mac and cheese cone. Oh, God. I don't know what that is, but.
2: I need to spot somebody walking around with a mac and cheese cone.
0: I think we found our snack chat item. Oh,
2: yeah. How am I not gonna get the mac and cheese cone? I
0: just told you my whole spiel of mac and cheese. Okay, so we have purchased the mac and cheese cone. <laughs> Didn't know what it was from the uh, description on the menu, and it's literally an ice cream cone full of mac and cheese. Uh, they're out of forks, so. And we're, talking, we're talking like a waffle cone. A waffle cone full of mac and cheese that you. I guess you have to drink it?
2: It's it's going to be messy and it's like the big curly kind of mac and cheese. So it's it's going to be an ordeal. For my first bite, it's it's disappointing. No sure. Okay, so is the delivery method disappointing? Is the taste disappointing? I'd say the taste is disappointing. The delivery method, you know, I'm on board with a, with the you know, alternative method, but I'm going to have to go for a hot dog for sure. I mean, mac and cheese, there's not a lot you can do to jazz
0: it up. Why not put it into a waffle cone, I guess? If it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? All right, so signature item, the mac and cheese cone. We have mixed reviews on.
2: Everything I'm about to say sounds
4: real gross.
2: (laughs) So uh, first first bite of mac plus waffle cone. The waffle cone makes the mac better. A little hint of sweetness in your mac and
1: cheese.
0: Sophisticated.
2: All right, so
0: we're, uh, it's, it's moving up.
2: still not great.
0: My pizza slice pretty good. But I feel like, I like bad pizza, so my bar is not very high.
2: I also feel like a total animal trying to maneuver mac and cheese noodles out of a cone right now. This is
0: not cute.
1: Here's my interesting take. I don't think mac and cheese is that good.
0: You know, I wouldn't say I'm... Now, this is going to be controversial, but I'm not a big fan of pasta in general. Wow. So mac and cheese kind of falls in that category. Um, I will... Yeah, I actually don't think I've had pasta in the past five years, maybe 10 years. Um, I will on tour, if it's like the only thing, like a noodle or a veggie lasagna or something, I'll eat it because I'm always hungry, but it's not my choice. So, sorry, not a big pasta fan.
1: We're learning things today on the show.
0: I Um, want a veggie dog, which Reno did not have a veggie dog, so I was very upset about that. But I settled for my backup plan, which was a piece of pizza.
1: And how was the pizza?
0: Subpar. (gasps) But you know what? I was talking today about baseball and how, like, I went to a game when I was on this, like, pretty intense training program. And so I didn't get any of the food or drinks. And it was, like, a bummer. It was, like, 50% less fun So it's part of the experience for me. So even bad pizza is good pizza. And I don't want to disparage the Reno aces on the basis of their pizza, but every team should have a veggie dog. I feel like it's the cheapest, easiest thing to do. I got one at Wrigley and it took like 20 minutes because they probably had to find it in the freezer and like dust it off, but they had it. So get a veggie dog. That's my advice to all teams.
1: One thing that I saw is that baseball stadiums in the states uh, are going to start, um, I guess, allowing some of their concession items to be purchased as on delivery apps. Um, so if you could, if you could have a single item delivered to you while you watched uh, the Korean baseball league, just to get the the baseball vibes in the, its entirety which item would you have delivered to you at your house during covid
0: uh well is this like a fantasy item or something that exists
1: something that exists
0: okay the minnesota twins have by far the best vegetarian and vegan options in the entire MLB I can't say entire MLB cuz I've only been to 27 stadiums but I feel like that's pretty good. I'm only missing 3 and the 3 I'm missing are Philly, Cincinnati and Houston. So I feel like well, Philly
1: Cincinnati May, might give Cincinnati might
0: May. give a uh, tough call. But um they I had like this Indian Bowl, which seems like a really bizarre thing to have at a baseball game but it was so good.
1: Um now this episode, and it's, it's a really great way to end off this season is, um, we've, we've spent a lot of time chatting with, uh, uh people that run baseball teams and like from trainers to GMs, to broadcasters. We've certainly done that over the last couple of seasons. Um, we've also spoken to GMs, but this was a, a particularly, um, it's exciting interview for us, uh, but especially for you, um mainly because you're i'm forcing you to do this interview <laughs> but you gotta yeah, so, do this interview with uh with the gm of the aces
0: so as you know jamie is supposed to be doing all the interviews but i've been forced to do them i feel like i've gotten better but it's still not my forte i'm more of a, like watching and eating and just being there vibe but As you know, we love to feature women in baseball, and the Aces have an amazing lineup of a bunch of really talented and engaging women, but I was super excited to interview Emily Jansen, who's the GM of the Reno Aces, and she kind of gave us a little snapshot of the day-to-day of a GM of a AAA baseball team, as well as her kind of unconventional path. To sports and to the GM position, so it was really awesome to meet her. She was super nice, really great answers to all my questions. So it, it, it was nerve-wracking for me to interview someone of that high of a position, but she was really great, and you could tell that she took her job seriously. But she also was using it as a platform to encourage people to sort of follow their dreams and to to not necessarily feel like they have to take a linear path. So I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did conducting it and meeting
4: her. Emily Jansen, general manager of the Reno Aces. And what's your professional background and how did it lead you to where you're at now? Oh boy. Um, So my path is very non-linear to this position. Um, I started uh, right out of college with a job with the Chicago Bulls in ticket sales, which really formed my foundation of um, sports. I worked in nonprofits. I worked in marketing, um, and then when my family and I moved to Nevada, I um, got a job in another front office here with the Reno Aces and that was back in 2013. I worked here for a few years um, as the Vice President of Corporate Partnerships. We moved to Houston for two, worked in events um, down south, and then got the call uh, early last year to come back in the GM role. Well, wow, quite the untraditional route. Yeah, totally. Um, It's one of the things that I actually love to talk about is um, for leaders to consider uh, applicants with nonlinear paths and how much. Um, That can actually be a benefit to your organization um, are those that have a a broad, more broad width and understanding of um, the business environment or the sports environment or whatever industry you might be working in. Um, Those other experiences can lead to um, a a more diverse uh, round of employees and leadership. Yeah, because I'm sure
0: the traditional thought is... Once you leave an industry, you're kind of out for good. So
4: you've proven that that's not the case and you've gone quite far back in sports. Yeah, in fact, um, when I left the Bulls, um, so quick quick story here, the job I took there was um, an eight-month internship in ticket sales where 14 of us new college grads were competing for a spot in the front office at the end of the tunnel. Uh, selling groups and season tickets, and while I finished first in group tickets, I in fact did not get selected for the position at the end of the tunnel. So um, many of my comrades went all across the country seeking employment with other teams, and I decided to take a job with Muscular Dystrophy Association, in Chicago. I was stoked to work for a not-for-profit in event planning and partnership. And when I um, told my boss that I was taking the job, he said. Emily, you know, if you leave sports, you're never gonna get back in. And um, really admire the man, but I was gonna prove him wrong, and um, I'm, I'm happy to say that I did. Well, you've got yourself into a great position
0: here. So you're the only woman to hold the position of GM at the Triple A level. You're part of a really great trend we're seeing, particularly in minor league baseball. So, what do you think the front office landscape's looking like for women in baseball, specifically?
4: yeah sure so we've got a really diverse front office here at the aces and uh, many members of our senior leadership team are in fact female Um, so my day-to-day it's not something that i think about my number one priority is getting the job done and doing it with excellence Uh, number two priority is to grow my team personally and professionally Um, and the third is um, really to shine that light for other women to know that reaching this position is possible Um, So I think about it, um, but it's my reality each day is that I work with really talented men and women to bring um, fun and entertainment to the people of northern Nevada. I work in music, so it's a similar idea where you're like,
0: it's not my number one priority. I don't really think of it day to day, but yeah, you do realize that you are a trendsetter in a lot of ways, and hopefully there's a lot of young women and girls that read about you and see you on the field and can dream, a dream maybe they wouldn't have had before.
4: Yeah, I hope so. It's a responsibility for me to do this job well so that others may have the opportunity and that I can shine the light for the next talented girl to take a position like this one. So what does the average day of an MILB GM look like? Oh gosh, um, that was my favorite question when I was um, in college and I was trying to understand like what different roles were. I think I went to every networking event with sweaty palms asking, what do you do every day? And um, my answer isn't so different from those that I got back in the day that no um, two days are the same and that's one of the reasons why I love this position. I work um, with many of the different um business lines of, of the business of the Reno Aces. Um, I wear many hats, I'm sort of a jack of all trades and overseeing generally the entire um, operation of the team. So I could be meeting with corporate partners. I could be helping our uh, team store manager decide what product he's buying for the next year. I could be working with a creative agency on our marketing plan. I could be talking to um, a media partner about our next buy or doing an interview. Um, I could be prepping for the game that night uh, with, with my team to make sure we're putting on the best experience possible. So um, it's a it's a myriad of different things, and uh, that's the way I like it.
0: Nice. So how much autonomy do you have as a GM of the Aces,
4: given the tie to the MLB affiliate, in this case the Diamondbacks? Um, so I work um, with the D-backs. I work with, um, obviously, the Aces. I work with minor league baseball, um, the PCL and um, the uh, Pacific Coast League just in general so um, I work amongst the whole group uh, but AAA is a hard level all these guys are just waiting to get their call Um, they might be bouncing back and forth we do about 200 transactions over 200 transactions each season um, getting called up getting sent back down um, just trying to develop players to their ultimate success So what is your favorite part of a Reno Aces game? Any fun promotions, games, fan experiences you like? Um, Yeah, I've loved fireworks since I was a little girl. I looked forward to the 4th of July. Um, Every year I would search the newspaper for who was promoting the biggest and best fireworks display and um, I get to see a heck of a lot of fireworks every season Um, at each Friday is fireworks Friday so post game we put on an amazing amazing show and um, I'm proud to say that we host the best fireworks display on the 4th of July every single year right here at greater Nevada Fields. Wow!
0: Every Friday—that's a lot. Most teams do, you know, one a month or something.
4: Yeah, every Friday we're home. Uh, We're ending the night with a fireworks display, great music, uh, oohs and ahs from the crowd, and um, it's a pretty fun moment. That's great. And how does the team connect with the community? And what sort of Reno-specific things do you all do? Sure. Um, Well, our um, our clubhouse, our guys are. Um, really great people with big hearts and great stories to share and I think one of their favorite community service activities is visiting the local hospitals. Um, Last season I got a chance to take um, three members of our pitching staff over to the local hospital to meet some brand new babies And uh, it was like they were hosting Comedy Hour in each one of the rooms with the new moms. In fact, one of them asked me, are you sure these guys are baseball players? Because it seems like they might be hosting a comedy show here (laughs) in Reno. Um, And then visiting the kids at the Children's Hospital, uh, that's that's something that um, it's a get-to-do type scenario. That's great. So one more thing about you personally, what sort of advice would you offer to people that are interested in the business side of sports? Sure. Um, So my motto is be so good they won't forget you. So um, today I feel like uh, individuals have a a bigger platform more than ever to show what they can do um, and to be a unique and to be an individual. But nothing beats good old fashioned hard work and um, that really stands out today. So um, my advice uh, for the next generation of leaders is to put in the time, put in the hard work, put in the sweat equity. Um, Don't be afraid to say yes to activities or opportunities outside of your scope because that's only gonna lead to experiences to help you sell yourself into a role down the line. Great, well thank you
0: so much for meeting with us and chatting with us, it's great to have your perspective.
4: My pleasure,
1: thanks for asking me. All right, and that is it for season two of Home and Away.
0: So we hope to bring you some more content. Obviously, the 2020 season is a little bit up in the air. Um, so let us know. I know we've got some old interviews. That would be cool to post. We've got tons of hilarious content with Nick. So maybe this podcast will just be like Nick outtakes. Um, But yeah, stay positive, stay safe. This will all be over at some point, hopefully. And we can get back to baseball, get back to snacking. I mean, definitely been doing snacking in quarantine, but get back to snacking at the park
1: i'm so good at snacking during quarantine
0: yeah it's not the same though you know like i ride my bike by the canadian stadium like almost every day and i just i look through the holes in the scoreboard just kind of see if there's anything happening so
1: (sighs) thanks for listening thanks for listening and hopefully we'll have new episodes for you one day (laughs)
0: enjoy this 2020 content 2019 <laughs> Home and Away is hosted by me, Jessica Sands and produced by Jamie Sessford. This episode was recorded at my apartment
1: and at my apartment too
0: Our theme song was written and recorded by Steve Sledkowski. Special thanks to Emily Jansen, Leah Withrow Tia Robertson and the Reno Aces You can find us online at homeandawaypod.com and on Twitter and Instagram at homeandawaypod.